want to read a scripture before we start. And it's out of the message, so it reads really different, the message uh, paraphrase. But it's Ephesians 2, 19 to 22. And uh, Paul is explaining how everybody's in, right? They didn't understand it, but he's explaining how everybody's in, okay? Gentile. Jew, this was all a new thing. No one ever thought that was going to be the case. The Jews thought they had this thing cornered. Listen to this. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here. Did you hear that? Irrespective of how we got here. In what he is building, he used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. Father, we come to you tonight and we say, oh, be at home. May you be at home in this place. May it please you when we gather in the name of Jesus. You said when two or more gather that you're here so, Holy Spirit, we know you're here, and we're asking you to have your way in each one of us. Speak to us tonight. Kelly and I have some things to say, but you speak to us tonight, God, by your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And somebody said, amen. These cards out. Um, you know, we've been just reevaluating our life and, and where we're at and what God's doing and where he's taking us and, you know, what it looks like. And what we've realized is we've had to examine ourselves exactly where we're at right now, you know, and what God's doing now, because what he's doing now is different than what he's, you know, did when I was, you know, a young mom or, uh, you know, when I was you know, I don't know, at different stages of our lives, God's continually moving and operating and all, but we had to evaluate where we are, who we are, and I think before we can share where we're going, we're going to have to, we're going to have to let you know who we are, who this body is. You know, we are almost 10 years old, Lift Church is, and, you know, I've heard it said one time that you won't even know who you are for another, for five years before you figure that out. And we have, but we continue to change and we continue to grow. And we, you know, those things change because of, you know, what God's doing, where he's taking us, the people that he's bringing here, because you all, all play a part in where we're going. So anyway. I don't want to fall off this chair. I'm not used to sitting on that chair. So we handed out a sheet. Am I on? Am I on? Hello? I think I may have turned it off. Am I on? I am? Okay. I muted it? Okay. I'm just, Where's my playbook? I'm just loud. 
in your hand, you have a sheet. It, it, it has two sides. Top ones, the first side we want to look at is we believe. You see, as we have been praying and evaluating who we are and what we are, we felt it very, very important to uh, start the beginning, start right at the top of what do we believe, okay? There's such thing as essentials and there's non-essentials. There are some things that are essentials pertaining to salvation, okay? So we want to share with you what we believe. And yes, we're going to read from the sheet, all right? But if someone has a question, I want you to ask. I want you to ask it. But wait for us to bring this microphone. You don't have to do it, but I'm just saying, if someone has a question, I'm going to start out with the very first one. We believe in one God, <laughs> which sounds confusing because the next part says God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that these three are equal in deity, power, and glory. I don't understand how that can be, but I know that it's the truth because that's how God reveals himself, all right? He is a father. He also gave his only son, and Jesus sent his spirit through by Holy Spirit. But Holy Spirit was there at the beginning in Genesis. Holy Spirit was there hovering over the nothingness, the water, right? So one God. Now, there are some churches that actually believe in Jesus only, and they have some scriptural basis that they, that they take for that. But when we do baptism, you'll notice we baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And in that name that is above every other name, the Lord Jesus Christ. That covers it all right there. So it's uh, one God. Kelly, you go. Okay. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus became incarnate and was born of a virgin, being fully God, fully man, lived a sinless life, and offered himself as a sacrifice for sin. I mean, it doesn't get any plainer than that. He is everything to us. Yeah. He is everything to us. And it, another crazy story. Born of a virgin. But that was the prophecy, and it happened. Exactly like it was prophesied. All right? Number three, we believe in man's fall and his redemption. You see, man was made in the likeness of God, but through Adam, sin came into the world. Jesus gave his life, shed his blood to redeem mankind. This is essential. This is essential. Without, without his redemption, we're still fallen. But with his redemption, we've been made new. We've been made anew. And in his eyes, we're... We're as close to him as Jesus is. Okay? Okay. We believe in the new birth. The new birth is necessary for all and when experienced produces eternal life. Uh, this salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. New birth, essential. It's for everyone, anyone, all ones, just one, all, many. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You may hear occasionally some yabba dabba do stuff going on during worship or when somebody's praying, if someone's praying or worshiping in tongues, 
And don't get all hung up on that, all right? Don't get hung up on that. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than all of you, okay? But there, there was a greater relevance to what he was trying to do at that moment. But I'm telling you this, there is a subsequent separate event that can happen to every believer who believes in Jesus Christ, and it's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not goofy, although it seems goofy. It was goofy to the disciples, and yet at one time they came, they came and there, were, there was a bunch of unbelieving Gentiles that heard the Word of God and were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to demonstrate some phenomena that was not normal. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they said, well, hey, what? we didn't even say anything about that. We didn't talk about that. That was their secret weapon thing, right? We didn't say anything about that. Well, there's no reason why we can't baptize them in water. They had the baptism of the Holy Spirit before they even got baptized in water, which, by the way, we do believe in baptism in water. It's just not on this sheet, okay? So, this separate from the new birth empowers and anoints believers for godly living, ministry, and witness. We believe signs and wonders and the New Testament gifts of the Spirit are operative today to testify of the presence of God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. And we can help you have that experience if you have not. Mm -hmm. And we would love that opportunity yeah. to do that. And uh, we believe in God's presence the essence and defining component of our life. Without his presence, we are nothing. And within his presence, through the Holy Spirit, we find everything. Everything. We believe in the Bible. Which one? one? The Bible. <laughs> we believe in the Bible. I know there's many translations, but it's still the Word of God. And we believe, and you know, if you're not praying and asking Holy Spirit to help you when you read the Bible, you're missing out because he's the only one that understands it, really. You, you understand it in part, but he can reveal things to you and make sense of it. And if you don't understand something, then don't worry about it. You ask him to help you, right? Here's what I said about the Bible. The Bible's the inspired word of God, and it's the inerrant final authority for faith and conduct. We value his word. And we enthusiastically learn it, speak it, share it, and believe it. It is living and active in our lives. It needs to be a daily active in your life. Okay. And we believe in prayer. Jesus said his house would be a house of prayer. Prayer is under the carriage of every healthy family of faith. Prayer connects us to God's presence and his purposes in the earth today. We believe in prayer. We believe that prayer changes everything. Everything. Um, this is one area that we are stepping out. I know that you all are people of prayer. I know that. Uh, but there are things that we have that we are structuring to, um, you know, to, what I want to say, uh, that we want to strategize now with our prayer, okay? Yeah. Uh, obviously, we are people that know the secret place. We, that's the most important thing is the secret place, the place where we go and we hear his voice and we sense his presence and he's speaking to us and he's bringing his word alive to us and he's giving direction. And that only comes, I got to take these glasses off if I'm just talking, but it's everything. That's where everything is birthed at in the secret place. If you need help with that, if you have a hard time connecting with the Lord, please see me. 
Yeah. Please see me. I can help you with that. Um, it is everything. It's the most essential thing in my life is that secret place with him. And that's an area. If you're having a difficult time with that, um, man, sometimes you just have to be disciplined to do it. You know, and when you come to that place, you'll be running to meet with him. And it's just the most beautiful thing. When you hear, feel his prompting, it's like, oh, God, I want to be with you right now because I know he's, you know, tapping my shoulder, wanting to speak or whatever. If, if you need help with that, please see me. I would love to, you know, help you with some of that. Um, we want to help you. We want to help you with a, just a, a, a unity prayer. Last week I preached on unity, mm-hmm. being in unity. We want to help unify us in prayer. Okay, There's going to be op- opportunities for us to come together and pray outside of Saturday night. All right? Those are coming. But for right now, starting tomorrow, starting tomorrow, I want to ask you to get on your phone, get on your watch, whatever it is that you use, and set three alarms, 9 o'clock, noon, and 3 o'clock. Okay? 9 o'clock, noon, and 3 o'clock. And when your alarm goes off, I want you to stop whatever you're doing. If you're working, don't get fired, okay? If you've if you got to go a minute early or, you know, a little bit early or a little bit late, whatever. But I want you to stop and I want you to make a conscious decision. Lord, here I am and I love you. What do you say to me? Recognize him. Be mindful of him. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really beautiful about it, I know we've done it in the past, but I think it's something that it's con- we're connected in that way. We may be in different places. Right. But at 9 a.m. and my watch is going off, I know I've got my brothers and sisters out there uh, uh, praying, recognizing his presence, seeking him, asking him what he wants, you know. And we want to do this until Easter Sunday, Saturday. It'd be Saturday for us, mm-hmm. till Easter, okay? Who would commit to doing that? Yes. Okay. Oh, I'll put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the reason we picked that, those, those were, that's when the Jewish people uh, pray. They pray three times a day at those okay. times. Um, I think uh, along those lines, also, I've talked with a few of you that I know are intercessors, but we are trying to get our intercessors engaged mm-hmm. and all so that we can be um, in one accord with, you know, the direction of where God is taking us with this church, what God is wanting to do on this earth. What he's doing in the nations, we want to be mindful of that. If you um, have a heart for prayer, for intercession, if you would just see me, we're strategizing, putting those together, and we are going to um, to activate, I think, in a greater way. Um, So, Certainly, it's a a time for prayer, right? Yeah. In the earth. Prayer strategies, focused prayer, and so forth. We believe in community. Life change does not just happen in the context of weekend services, but in real and authentic relationships. We value community and believe every person should be involved daily in the lives of other believers. We have not been champions at this, but we still value this and we still believe in the importance of it, and we are going to work together with you. N- not just us, but together. We're going to work together. 
to come up with ways that we can be in each other's lives more than just on Saturday night, all right? And uh, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to take more time out of your week, but it might. Um, one small thing that we're doing to build community, and I don't know if anyone's actually put it all together, but once a month we do a family meal, and we'll have one after here. Everyone's invited, and it's all taken care of. It'll be ready whenever we finish. But we're doing that. We're being intentional with that. We want to create an environment for people to get to know one another, to spend time with one another. Um, you know, you all speak life to me. Yeah. You, you encourage me. You push me on. You know, you see things that maybe I'm missing. And, you know, I pray that, that I do the same thing for you, you know, uh, that you speak. We speak truth to one another. We bring cor uh, correction to one another. You know, we call things out. This is what I'm seeing in you, Denise, yeah. you know. Uh, you know, all of those things. And it comes out of knowing one another. It comes out of community. And I know that we have some of it, but our heart is to go deeper because God has so much more that he's wanting to do with this body. With that in mind, Kelly is currently doing a uh, Bible study with the women, many women that are coming to it, uh, called The Gospel on the Ground. And I've heard so much of it from her and I've listened to some of the videos, and she shared. Some, I mean, because she's pretty excited about it. And Trent's a fan. And the and the 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 teaching is is really good. So I'm going to take the men through gospel on the ground, but we're going to do it here. We're going to come here and meet out here in the living room, and uh, I might wait until she goes into the next one. Yeah. She has the next one. What's it called? Jesus and women. Jesus and women, and we might do it on the same night. One can be in here, and the other group, probably the men, will be out here. And if you have kids, we'll provide childcare for it. Yes, uh, they, we'll just, both of these we'll studies are are by a, a Bible professor, and she comes, she teaches from an angle of uh, Jewish history and culture, and it just brings so much light to the word. It's been yeah, it's just been really cool. So, so that's anyway. a coming. Also, uh, I am going to be doing something very, very soon just with the men. And we're kicking around some different things. And uh, we might go to the gun range. We might go throw axes. We might go play pool. I don't know. But we're going to go do some things just to hang out for a bit uh, uh, so that we can talk face-to-face -face outside of here. Yeah. And hopefully you can, you can join us for that. Any girls want to go shoot guns? <laughs> Okay, we'll make a night of it. Okay, here's, here's one of my favorites here. Um, uh, the outreach, we believe in outreach and missions. The world is seeking truth and hope. We share the gospel and see lives change in our city, our nation, our world through practical ministry that meets people's uh, physical, emotional, and spiritual need. And, you know, um, actually, go ahead. I'll share something in a minute about that. We are actively... We were going to share this. We are. You want me to share some of them? Uh, if you want to. These are things that we're actually doing right now. Yeah. And, and you may know this. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But one uh, ministry that we are active with is Love Mercy. And that's Brother Noel and Mickey right over here in uh, Kenya, Africa. And uh, out of your, we are a tithing church, okay? So when you tithe here, that's that's your your 
okay? Anything over that is your offering. Your tithe tithes to the church, and out of that undesignated money, because tithe's not designated, you don't give your tithe and say, I want that to go for the poor or whatever. That, that's, not, that's not what you do. Your tithes, you give it to God. It's unrestricted. And really, according to IRS, everything you give is unrestricted. And if you put a restriction on it, you don't get a tax credit for it. That's just an IRS thing. But you're not giving for that reason. I know that. But out of the undesignated giving, we give at least 10% of that back out through missions, through outreach, all right? And that way, we don't come to you and say every week, oh, the orphans need some bunk beds or, you know, we're needing to do this for that or whatever and take up another offering for it. And it's not that we couldn't do that, but you've already given for that and we just take care of it. We're able to respond quickly to needs. Isn't that awesome? I should be more diligent about telling you when we've done something. That's my bad. But love mercy is, is one area that you're giving already. You could give more in a way, form of an offering to love mercy, and they would not turn that money down right. because they are reaching lots of people in Kenya. They're drilling wells or building schools or building homes for widows. And uh, it's, it's a work that's been there for decades, and it's fruitful. And talk to Noel and Mickey sometime, and they'll tell you how miraculous it is. And your giving's affecting that. Mm-hmm. That's love mercy. Yeah, we support uh, healing and, and training the nations, and that's Robert D.'s ministry, um, where they minister particularly in the um, most persecuted areas of India. And uh, actually, his wife is gone now on mission. They kind of go back and forth between the two of them, doing a tremendous work, uh, raising up uh, churches and pastors, and uh, just seeing the miraculous. It's just amazing. Signs and wonders show up yes. massively everywhere they go, mm-hmm. even even with her. It's a, it's pretty amazing. And he's, he's ready for her to come home, by the way. We'll say that. And she's coming soon. Uh, we, also, uh, we also now support... Uh, Jake Phillips, who came and spoke to us, he is in Chiang Mai, Thailand, and he came and spoke to us uh, about the, the work he's doing around the world, and I'm excited to be able to be uh, uh, sowing into his ministry, where he goes and helps people that are trapped because of war, because of situations, or they've been kidnapped, or, or whatever. They're called sometimes before something happens, and sometimes after something's happened, and him and his organization go in and help equip people for safety. And they do it all under the guise of the gospel is the key. The gospel is the key. That is their mantra, gospel. Mm-hmm. We share the gospel. Mm-hmm. In Chiang Mai, Thailand, we also have Ryan and, and Kelly Shaw, which is Global Missions Mobilization something. They have, they have, a, uh, they have an equipping house there and they bring people in from all of the countries that surround Thailand, uh, hard, not from the U.S., but from these, these third world countries. They come in and they learn how to reach their people group in their own language. They're, they may have three or four translators at the same time teaching because they have different dialects of people there. And they'll come in for a month, two months, three months, whatever they, you know, they can do. They provide housing for them, everything. They come and live there. And it's, Chiang Mai is a safe place for them to come. And uh, it's, it's, very, it's a very exciting thing. 
Yeah, we support Mark and Dana Emmons in Belize. And they have Camp Sakanja, and we actually sent them out. They were our very first missionaries. We sent out um, from here in our first year yeah. of church and continued to support them. And it's a camp for special, uh, need kids. special needs kids in Belize. They don't have the ADA there. They don't have any kind of government support or any kind of advocacy groups to help with families that have children with disabilities. So the ba they're basically they're shunned and, and too tough. That's a tough pill for you. But they have a camp that they've built in the middle of the jungle. And it really is the honest to goodness jungle because we went and put up a fence with, a, with a group from here. We did a prayer walk when there was just jungle. And, and, and they've got this camp all geared for them. They've Families come in, bring their kids, and it's just proliferating, uh, proliferating in Belize. We're so excited about yeah. that. Uh, we also support Dr. Uh, Connie and uh, Sama and Connie Sadak uh, with Operation Serve. We have, they're one of our very first missionaries also. Yep. They, are, they have ministry in Mexico City and also um, in Cairo, Egypt, and doing, sending you know, some of their pastors undercover into um, uh, to Iraq. And, to Iraq and, uh, and uh, Morocco and just, other places where they've had opportunity yeah, to go. Yeah, they're just seeing the gospel exploding. You know, people are meeting the man in white. Super on-the-ground church organization in Mexico City. They're pouring into local church pastors. Uh, yearly, they have a team of nationals there year-round working with the churches. And then in the summertime and at Christmas, they do an outreach, and they'll bring people in from the United States primarily, but sometimes internationally, bring them in, and they'll, they'll, they'll do a medical missions thing, medical, uh, eye care. Uh, everybody you know, needs glasses. They get brand-new glasses, uh, uh, have a dentist sometimes, and really special outreach. And Dr. Sama is actually one of my overseers here in the house. And then uh, a young lady, cool young lady, she was here at Christmas, and I didn't know it till it was over. I would have had her say something. Her name is Brecken Heft, and she is with YWAM, and she is south of San Diego, uh, south of Tijuana, Tijuana, let's say it right, <laughs> Tijuana, and uh, has been there for, for several years, and obviously they've had a massive influx of people because of the whole border thing, right? Even before all that, they had an influx, but now it's totally crazy, and they're reaching so many people, sometimes building houses. You can take a group. We could take a group in and build a house in five days. They would have everything cut, ready, and how to do it, and they would show us how to do it, and we could build a house. Can you believe it? I'd like to do that. Mm -hmm. I'd like to go and supervise them. Yeah. Well, and those are, those, are, those are our international ministries that we support every month. Yeah. And um, so some here local on the ground, we, mm -hmm. um, we're involved with Care Portal. And uh, Elizabeth, is, okay, there she is right back there. Elizabeth has just recently taken over Care Portal. Care Portal is... Um, Part of the Global Orphan Outreach. Yes, and it, it is basically it's a uh, liaison between the local church and our foster care system. And so, I mean, we've been involved with them for years. And um, so you might have social workers that are working with a particular family, and they are trying to not lose their children, trying to get their children back, or perhaps um, a family a family member or something trying to, or a foster family to, that can take it, but they need something. You know, maybe, might be beds or, you know, there's no telling. All sorts of needs that we meet for that. And uh, we primarily... Um, 
take those needs within the Clay and Platte County areas because that's closest to home. Sometimes we go up to Wyandotte or Jackson County, but we try to, you know, take those needs. Um, we support them every month. We support them $200 a month, and with that, Lizzie's able to, you know, find needs that we can connect with and meet. And we and more if another need comes. We're part of a network of churches that are all part of, of Care Portal. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of this is there are there are caseworkers who know what's really going on. And so it, so they're, they're vetted. vetted. They're vetted. This isn't a, a con or anything like that. They know what's going on. They know what needs to be done. And they can post it to the Care Porter Portal. And three or four churches instantly say, we got that. Yes. And we and we take care of it. And it's not a it's not a oh we gotta wait and see if it's gonna pan out. No, we can meet needs instantly. I mean almost instantly. And what's beautiful about it also is there's a lot of face-to-face uh, -face connection yeah. that we have with people that you can have with people. Not always, but and that's really nice. And if you'd like to be a part of Care Portal, there is some something to that, isn't there? Is there? Yeah, they can see Lizzie. Yeah, see Lizzie. She can tell you how to, you could, because you could receive some of those things. So another thing locally that we support and have since, I mean, maybe almost from the beginning of Lyft is the Park, Parkville Women's Clinic. And uh, I wish I had statistics for you. I need to get Sonia in here to talk to us and tell you. But since Roe versus Wade was overturned, uh, they've been quite busy. And, uh, and they've added to their services. And there's just something very powerful about a, a, a young girl who's not sure what she wants to do. And she's, and she's thinking maybe that she's coming to a different type of facility than what Parkville Women's Clinic is. But either way, they might be abortion-minded or not. But they come, and Parkville Women's Clinic uh, gives them an ultrasound, lets them see their baby. Mm -hmm. Very very powerful. And what's tool. also what's beautiful about them also is they will walk the, the the woman through the entire pregnancy and beyond. Yeah. You know, to help her to be successful. Keeping baby giving the baby away. And they're there for those who have made a different decision mm -hmm. and will walk with them to very, very good organization. And uh, they're looking to build their own building, uh, just waiting on conditions building conditions to change and a uh, great, great, great organization. Yeah. And okay. I get it. I get emails occasionally and I, sometimes I put them on dream team so that you can pray. They had this, you might've seen them if you're on dream team and uh, I'm going to start putting them on our prayer, our prayer group in the app when I get them. So, okay. Okay. And then also I'm just going to kind of put this together because we work with several different organizations and this is within our city. Um, the city that we love, Kansas city, um, with the, with the homeless and, and those that are, are uh, working through their sobriety and, and dealing with different things, we've worked with um, um, Kansas City Rescue Rescue Mission. It's now called Shelter KC with their um, their women's center. We worked we did that for a few years. We've been involved with Veronica's Voice, which works with trafficked women. Um, most recently, we worked with. I think I, I taught some parenting classes there. Most recently, we've been working with Lotus Care House um, that provides housing for those that are literally living on the streets or in tents. They provide them housing in, or, or a, uh, like a hotel room, and then they walk them through the process to get permanent housing um, themselves. And uh, we've, we've got a, our foot in the door. 
with um, Healing House, which is a ministry that I'm super excited about. Um, man, it's it's about recovery for these people, and it is so. They have almost Jesus. 300 people within their their. There's 200. 200. They have 200 residents. They have multiple houses. They've completely restored. Uh, an entire part of our city. Of, uh, Northeast North, Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, Northeast Kansas City. Um, I went and I served there a couple of weeks ago, and when you walked on the property, you, you got all these people, 200 of them, and you also had maybe some people from other churches that were serving. You had um, their staff. A lot of them had come through their program, and it was just like the atmosphere was electric. These people love the Lord. There was a guy that did worship that evening, and he stopped, and he said, and this looked like, you know, just like a regular normal guy, like someone on your worship team, and he stopped, and he said, he said, I want to tell you, he said, the only thing that's the difference between me and you, he says, are these steps. He said, I've been in rehab 17 times, and that 17th time, he said, I, I was at the end of myself, and the Lord restored his life. Yeah. It was just it was just a beautiful thing. You know, that's well, I'll share this in a bit, but that's my heart is to people see people saved, healed, and delivered. You know, that's sozo, saved, healed, delivered. And so to, you know, to connect with a ministry that is doing that And has people, been doing it for years. For people that are just so desperate, you know. Anyway. Bobby Joe Reed, you can look up her documentary on Roku channel. Or on. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Uh, it's a video. documentary on the ministry. There's a documentary. It's Bobby Joe Reed, and I can't remember something. It's okay. Under the Influence. Under the Influence. Unbelievable. Are you, you familiar should, with it? You should watch it. You should watch it. All right. That's our outreach. That's our missions. These, these, we believe some other things, of course, but these are some serious essentials for us right here. Okay. Any questions on any of that? Okay. Flip it over. We got what we call the lift code. You may have seen something like this, but this is not what you saw because we've really been in prayer about um, what's written on this paper. This is a code, what we call a code, because, you know, so often people... People spend a lot of energy on what they're against. And we believe we need to spend more energy on what we're for. These are our fours. This is what we're for. Number one, the gospel of Jesus Christ is everything to us. It's everything. The goodness of what God has done in Christ is the motivation for all we do. It's the gospel. It's the good news. It's the most important thing ever in the universe. The second thing is we expect the unexpected. Yes. You see, we anticipate encounters in order to see God's powerful results. Signs, wonders, and the miraculous are our normal. At least we want them to be. We want you to want the same thing. We want you to have that same expectation. Number three. We are fueled by God's goodness. We are a church filled with passionate prayer and heart-filled worship, and we are fueled by his goodness. It took years for God to get through my thick head that he was good. 
because all I could think about is that I was bad. But he's good. He's good, and his mercy endures forever, and his goodness helps me to see my goodness in him. It's a passion. It's a passionate part of who we are. And right behind that is we're not perfect. God's good. I'm not God. I'm not perfect, right? Our goal isn't perfection. It's progress. Progress. Authenticity with God and each other is the best way for a spiritual family to be healthy and whole. And our desire is to be more like Jesus. You know, Jesus hung out with imperfect people. He did. He hung out with them. I think the Chosen series has so well depicted that. And I've really loved uh, being, a, being a part of that and watching that. Uh, next one is we've got... Can I say something? Yeah, go that? ahead. Okay, because I know we had like that whole Super Bowl thing. Yeah. <laughs> Spring that thing up. Um, his goodness, God... The way that I'm wired, I love the most unlovely in peop of people. I'm not afraid of those things. I love that. And so did Jesus. Yeah. But it was never his intention <laughs> for them to stay in that place. You know, so what we have to offer is we bring the goodness of God. I share how good he is to you. He sees you. He knows you. He loves you. Regardless of what you've done, where you've been, he's calling you up. He's lifting you up. And that's the kind of people that we want to be. We want to know his goodness. Be so interwoven with who we are. That that's what we exude. She's referring to uh, an ad that was on the Super Bowl. Uh, weird. That was really antagonistic towards what we believe Jesus is and was. And, uh, and, and it was intentional. It was intentionally done that way. And uh, it showed Jesus washing the feet of different segments of people. And, uh, you know, he washed his disciples' feet. He didn't go around washing everybody else's feet. But uh, he, would, he would forgive, heal, touch, and then say, now go, don't do that anymore. And he would help them, right? So, uh, yeah. If that doesn't tell you what times we're in, because they spent millions and millions millions of dollars to put that, some powerful people. So uh, we got each other's back. The strength of all of us is greater than the strength of any of us, any one of us. We celebrate together. And we mourn together. We don't want to fake it until we make it. We want to truly celebrate you. And we want to truly mourn with you. Mm -hmm. We got your back, each other's back. I hope you have our back, right? And uh, we love big. We reach the many by never losing sight of the one. We go after the poor, the broken, the lost, the forgotten, the throwaways, we go the extra mile bringing heaven to this earth. Yeah. And we serve hard. We're not afraid of pressing in and doing whatever it takes to make a difference in the lives of others. 
Does anyone in here want to live an ordinary life? No. Man, we've got to be people. This church, we, the church, not just this church, but the church in general, has to be people, have to be a people that are moving and that are active, that are active and that are changing the surroundings around them. They're making a difference. They're people of, we're people of purpose. You know, we're not without purpose. Right. We're, you know, we're, there's a significance to who God is, to who we are, to what we have to offer the world that's desperate for him. We put action to our faith. Yes. Action, right? You know, remember the whole thing? And I'm going to preach on this soon, so I'm not going to do it tonight, I promise. But ask, and you'll receive. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be open. Ask is prayerful. It's, it's, it's asking God for his will, his plan, what he wants. But seek implies getting up off the couch and getting into actions. Okay? So we, we, you know, we serve hard. We put action to our faith. If I, I wasn't planning on doing this, but I want to share something. The Lord gave me this, gave me a dream. And it was, it was years ago, but it was super significant. I, I actually... Actually, I remember when we were starting this church, and you know, we, there was we put, spent so much time in, in in prayer and just seeking the Lord, and and uh, man, He would minister to me through the night. And I remember, I remember one night, and you know, there would be scriptures running racing through my head all night long, and I was just praying or you know, taking hold of those things. And there was one night, and it was that there was a place that we played in the end time harvest of souls. And I mean, you talk about, that was like 10 years ago. I mean, it's crazy then, but it's not compared to today. And it was over and over and over. It's like, oh, yes, God, I want to play my role. I want to play my role in your great harvest of souls, of people. And uh, I mean, that kind of marked me, who I was. Well, um, a few years later, it's another time, I had this other dream. And... Um, and I was like out in a, I mean, it was, I don't know if it was just me or us or whoever. You all might have been there. Um, but we were in a, it was like a, like the Speedway or a gigantic. Large venue. Gigantic venue. I mean, it was huge, just gigantic. And we were standing in the uh, parking lot. I'm just standing in the parking lot. And people were coming from all over because Jesus was in in the in the arena, in the speedway, or whatever. It wasn't necessarily the speedway, but something huge. But they all knew he was there. They didn't need me telling him. And all I did was stand in that parking lot. I was just going, he's over there. He's over there. He's over there. Come on, he's over there. You know, people weren't paying any attention or necessarily doing that. But it was to me, that just meant, what that meant to me was whatever role that God puts me in, I want to be about his business and what he's doing in these last days. And please join us. <laughs> don't, we don't want to miss that. Then that last one there is we are generous people. We're generous with our lives, with our finances, with our serving, because God is generous and trustworthy. Yes. Sometimes Always. these things are trust. They, they requ it requires trust. And you trust him with your salvation. You trust him with your 
you know, when you have a child who's ill, you're trusting him, you're praying to him to help you with that. Why would you not trust him with everything, including your finances, including your time, including your friendships, including everything? He's trustworthy. Be generous. Be a generous people like he is. And then this last part, I'm just going to briefly go over it. We're not, we're not, but some people, a lot of people want to know, what is your government? What are, what are you about? And I used to say something. Uh, I used to say, I won't say it because Kelly get mad when I say it in, in, in a context like this. So I won't say it. All right. Here's our leadership model here at Lyft. We are guided by pastors. And our leadership team is our Lyft pastors led by the lead pastor stirs, and other leaders. I'm a pastor. Kelly's a pastor, though she doesn't like to be called that. Carolyn is a pastor. Those are our official, quote, tapped pastors. But we have other leaders here that are part of our leadership team, like Hannah Peters, who's now stepped up uh, to help us with a new prayer effort, I mean, a new outreach effort for youth, okay? Missy Reed who is our preschool director. She is a leader, part of our leadership team. Elizabeth, who was worshiping here tonight, is part of our leadership team. She does things behind the scenes. Joe Farage, her, uh, Missy's husband, who was playing. Joe Farage. I mean, not Joe Farage, Joe Reed. <laughs> Joe Farage used to be. Uh, but and he's, he's taken a role uh, over our sound and our, and our worship, our AV, and, and what have you. And who am I missing? Who did I miss? Oh, there's lots of people. Anyway, that's the basic leadership team, okay? And our leadership team oversees the day-to-day ministry and operations of the church. They serve the congregation and are responsible for the development of the spiritual life of Lyft Church. Now, we'll add pastors as we have pastors, but that's who we have right now. Number two part of that is we are protected by trustees, and what that mean is, means is we have a, a board of trustees as part of being an incorporated 501c3 uh, entity, okay? We're a 501c3 nonprofit church, and we have a board of trustees. They're m- members of the congregation who oversee the finances, direct the provision of the facilities needed by Lyft, and provide counsel to the lead pastor regarding major financial commitments of the church. So we would not ever do anything, buy anything, put a put a, 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 a an offer on something without this board of trustees approving that and being a part of that. And currently, my board of trustees consists of myself, Charles Carney, Joe Reed, and uh, Kyle Franks. Uh, Franks. Kyle Franks. Franks. Okay. Uh, there's a couple others that I've asked. We haven't got that far yet, but uh, I lost a couple of trustees, and I wanted to make sure that you were aware that we do have trustees in place. All right? We're not meeting a whole lot, but that's a good thing, right? <laughs> that means we don't, we don't necessarily have to. We do have some things we've got to meet on, guys, so get ready. Then the last thing, we are strengthened by overseers. Our overseers are persons of respected congregations and ministries who love Lyft Church and speak into the life of the lead pastor, okay? They also serve as an accountability board providing spiritual strength to the church. 
They are available to help in accountability matters relating to the lead pastor if requested by the leadership team and or trustees. My current uh, overseer board consists of uh, Dr. Sam Asadik of, of OSI, who I've probably known the longest uh, of all of, uh, well, maybe not. Uh, my second overseer is Robert D. Uh, with Healing and Training uh, the Nations. And I'm actually uh, on his board, his accountability board also, over his ministry. So we inter interact a lot. Interact a lot. Uh, I have another one that I'm not, that's Bob Storgi, and uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's going to continue or not, uh, but I will have three, at least three, when the dust settles. But I want you to know, I'm, I'm availing myself, right, to others besides myself. Everyone, everyone needs to submit to somebody, Amen. including me. So that's the sheet of our, our code of what we believe, I want to read something for you that I believe, and I can't believe time's almost gone, uh, is part of where we're going. Okay? You ready for that? You've been waiting on that all night, right? This is out of, this is a guy named David Sunday, with an E, S-U-N-D-E, from a small batch disciple making. And it really resonates with me, and this is an excerpt from it. There are things that my children will inherit from my wife and I. Some are items of worth. Others are sentimental. All will have some value, at least to our kids, because of the life we share. However, the deposits that we will leave in them are more enduring. Things like practicing peacemaking and reconciling relationships, demonstrating trust in God as the source by stewarding personal resources and hospitality in Jesus' name, crossing social divides, in support of fellow image bearers of God and prioritizing faith and community with a standing appointment that's not crowded out by kids' sports, birthday parties, and home improvement projects. All these deposits reveal where we place our hope. Simply put, a living hope begins with a living faith. When it comes to leaving a spiritual legacy, our influence extends beyond our children. There are many people whom I care about deeply who won't inherit a thing from me. But because of the resurrection of Jesus and the faith experiences that I have had throughout my life, I want to steward my influence in such a way that people experience the reality of God's redeeming love long after I'm gone. What if we Christians began seeing our faith as a legacy-building endeavor, whereby our primary mission is passing on a living faith and hope to those with whom we have influence? So with that, I want to read Matthew 28, 18 through 20. You know this as the Great Commission. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Why would he be telling them that all authority had been given to him? What do you think? Because he was giving it to them, right? All, all, all authority, all right? 
verse 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. There's that Godhead, that Trinity that was our number one point tonight. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Ladies and gentlemen, the church, this church, doesn't have a mission. Instead, the mission has a church. And there's a difference. And that mission is make disciples. Make disciples. So, a disciple is one who, rooted in the love of Christ, develops an ability to talk about personal faith who grows an intentional spiritual practice and stewards and shares it with those closest to them. What if that basic definition became the everyday Christian life? That's where we're going. We want to make disciples. And we want to help you make disciples. And we're going to figure out how to do that. But it's going to be a one-on-one We're going to get smaller so that we can grow bigger. So we're going to have to break up smaller to reach more people. I shared this in our uh, pre-service, and it actually came out of our Bible study. But in in the book of Acts, um, when Stephen Stephen is, is stoned, okay, and he's the first martyr, and then the very next chapter, it starts out and, and it says that, uh, you know, the people were scattered. They were, scattered. They were terrified. They were terrified. Persecution for had come. So they, so they, so they spread out. They, they started scattering, going to, you know, other, other cities, other places, and so forth. And that's, how, that's when the church was born. That's when the church was spread. Had they not left, the church would not never have grown and what's interesting is in that study, she took the word scattered, and that word scattered, it's used two times there, um, is the word uh, dispora, which means to be thrown like seed. To be thrown like seed. They were scattered. They were thrown like seed. And then she took us to where Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. So she's teaching us from the from the, the, the how the Jewish would have seen it. Uh, our Western world sees seed as as uh, what we see, you form. know, as the form, what we see. But the the Jewish people saw it in what its function was. And then she showed us because we would see like a teeny tiny little seed, and probably that's what we've all received our teaching on. You know, the, the mustard, mustard seed being small and so forth. But the form that it took was the seed is thrown out there and mustard is a weed. It's a wild, invasive <laughs> weed. It is hard to kill. It spreads and uh, you can't get rid of it. And I'm telling you, that's, that's the church. Right. We're part of that church. The places that you will go are different than the places that I will go. The people in my life that God has crossed my path in a day are they different than the ones that he has for you all. But I'm telling you, I know he says we're not on mission. However, that's the people that we are. Right. That's what we're supposed to do. And, uh, 
yeah, that's us. Thrown like seed. The kingdom spreads. So we're going to figure out how to do that. People need Jesus. I I can't say I know how to do that, all right? (laughs) But we're going to figure it out. Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight, and so we're going. This, this, we're going to get personal. We're going to make this personal, and you have people in your life that you just haven't, you just haven't considered. You're, you're kind to them, and you try to be a good example of Christ and stuff. But it's time to become disciplers. Yes. 